Hello and welcome into another episode of the Esports Network podcast in partnership with Reuters. As always, I'm your host, Mitch Dreams, and today we have an awesome episode for you because I'm talking to Hip Hop Gamer. He's an interviewer, a host, a panelist, and one of the most interesting voices in gaming. For We Got Game, a show on Hot 97, the leader in New York hip hop, he has interviewed massive celebrities like Samuel L. Jackson, Scarlett Johansson, Kevin Hart, and Jerry Rice, just to name a few. He's helped create custom content for major movies, is a common face at gaming panels like PAX West, and is an in-game character in Watch Dogs 2 and NBA 2K Playgrounds 1 and 2. Known for his unique interview style, his iconic championship belt, and his love for gaming, of course, he's one of the coolest voices that we have in the gaming world. Hip-hop gamer, man, welcome to the show. Hip-hop gamer, no stranger to danger, number one journalist, quickly I changed the game up, what's going on baby, the esports, let's go, that's what I'm talking about Mitch, I appreciate you having me man, this is dope bro. This is going to be the best episode we've ever done, just based on that. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Bring that energy man, oh my, this is why you people love to watch him, this is why people love to listen to him on Hot 97, because he brings that energy everywhere he goes. Yeah so, man. We're going to get into a lot of the work you've done in this space, some of the cool things, your thoughts on different things. Uh, but first, let's go back to the birth of the Hip Hop Gamer name. Where does that come from? Where was that born? And how has it evolved over the years? Oh, amazing question, man. So first off, it's based off how I came up. So growing up, I love hip hop. Growing up, I love gaming. Now, my grandmother, rest in peace, she's the one who taught me how to play video games when I was four years old. So I've been playing video games all my life, like literally. So the first game I ever played was Pac-Man, Atari 2600 status, you know what I'm saying? But the game that made me a gamer was Super Mario Brothers uh, Nintendo 8-bit, you know, back in the 80s. So Sir. Yeah, facts. You already know what it is. It came with Duck Hunt. You know what I'm saying? You already know. <laughs> so, so the thing is... um. So, you know, my grandmother, she didn't just teach me about video games. Uh, she also utilized video games as a parallel to teach me about life. So between video games and church and stuff like that, putting God first, uh, that shaped my life and started to develop my character at a very early age. Because in games, you got different levels, objectives, and, you know, uh, boss battles to defeat. So just like in real life, you got different levels and obstacles and objectives and challenges that you got to be able to defeat as well. So I think that, um, like, set the tone. But fast forward to hip-hop gamer being born. Um, before that, they used to call me Jackal. And um, that's when I just focused on rap, gangster rap and everything, because I grew up in ECO, Brooklyn. So, you know, we into that. And um, what happened with Hip Hop Gamer is I was I realized that, look, in the gaming industry, I was watching G4 a lot. And I love Adam Tesla and Morgan Webb and all of them. And there was this one episode on G4 where I felt like the corporations was taking over the authenticity of their voices. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to complain. I'm going to create. And I, that's how Hip Hop Gaming was born. I really looked at me and I was like, I love hip hop. I love games. They both grew up together. This is what I've done all my life. Let me fuse it because I do it. Like I'm actually an artist and I'm actually a gamer. So everything that makes me me lived in the name. So that's how the name was born, Hip Hop Gamer. And um, and to add more to that, uh, when I was um, working in the mailroom, um, I worked in the mailroom from 2000 into 2014, and I worked at every single record label, Universal Music Group. So a friend of mine named Davey D was like, yo, uh, you you should talk to Hot 97 because they could really utilize your content and what you're doing. So I did a red carpet 
event for this video game that Facebook was doing called Gigit. It wasn't that good of a game, but <laughs> I got a chance to. I'm just keeping it a buck. I was just keeping it a buck. It wasn't that good. Of I a never game. heard of it to be honest. Well, yeah, that's. I see why you never heard of it. You know what I'm saying? That joint was not good at all. So, so what happened is, um. I'm on the red carpet with Peter Rosenberg, Ebro, and everybody, and I do a dope interview with P- Peter Rosenberg, and his publicist is like, yo, we got to keep this going. So I had a meeting at Hot 97 and told them about the gaming side and how we should push that. So that led to the partnership with Hot 97. On top of that, my partnership with Logitech, you know, all, all these things kind of like fell into the lap at the same time. And it was, a, it was incredible to me because the biggest brand in hip hop and one of the biggest brands in gaming became anchors of mine within who I am as hip hop gamer. So that's how it all came to fruition, bro. Crazy. That's a dope, dope story. Starting with the content that you want to see out there is always a great recipe for success. Because if you want that, if you're noticing that, other people are for sure. And I got to shout out uh, the Grandma Super Mario's just uh, just a classic memory fighting for the cousins for the controller to get the next run in super mario is just uh all-time classic that was my it's the first gaming memory i have too so i love that we share that in common that's just uh the game the gra- gaming at the grandparents house is just a just yeah. an all-time classic yeah so like my grandma man and the thing is my grandmother was a gamer too like my grandmother she's so gangster with it that she um used to write her own strategy guides out so we would have the prima guys and everything with tomb raider but my grandma my grandmother her favorite game was tomb raider and there's things that she discovered in the game that wasn't in the actual strategy guide that you brought on the store shelves so she wrote her own strategy guide i i still have this to this day where my grandmother wrote out her own strategy guide to um how she figured out certain things in Tomb Raider. It's crazy. So yeah, man, that's badass. That's badass. Yeah. My grandma, if she if she figured out what an HDMI cord was, that was the that was a good day <laughs> for us for sure. <laughs> oh man, yo, that's amazing, man. I love it. That's awesome. Let's talk about interviewing celebrities. It's one of the toughest challenges in being an interviewer you know i do this for a podcast i do some writing i've had the chance to talk to just a couple celebrities michael b jordan Shaq, at different times it is a challenge going into those to make sure you really get the best answers from them as an uh, absolute expert at doing this how do you prepare for a celebrity interview you know as you're going into it does your approach change based on celebrity and what they've done uh just open up uh the box a little bit and tell us how you prepare for an interview with a with a top level star like somebody like Samuel Jackson, Kevin Hart, somebody like that. Oh wow! Well, you know what it is. Um, I so because of what my grandmother instilled in me in terms of putting God first and and everything a workout after that. Like you, you got to put the work in, but when you put God first, you get this ease, like this this calmness that comes over you. So when I go into an interview, like any interview, whether it's a big star or not or whatever it is. I go into it like I already know. Like, you know, I I go into it like we've been friends all our lives and I'm just talking to a friend. You know what I'm saying? So that's my approach to it. And because of that approach, it creates comfort. And within that comfort, you're able to get the realest answers out of people because my energy makes them feel like they know me for years. And And to prove my point, in the beginning of this interview, it's the same thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like... You introduced me, which was an incredible introduction, by the way. I loved it. Thank you so much. But right uh, after you're welcome, that, I started, my man. Yeah. Then right after that, I started rapping and the energy was already there. So now I feel like I just know you. Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't feel like an interview. I feel like we just kicking it, 
giving some game to the audience that's going to listen in. So it's, that's the way I approach, you know, all the interviews. So in terms of Samuel Jackson, love Samuel Jackson. I know he, I know he's a gamer as well, but he it's Samuel Jackson. Like, you know, really like, come on, it's crazy. <laughs> so my approach to that particular interview, I, I do know that, um, Every interview that I do, I want to make sure I get something out of it that can help somebody else. So I know Samuel Jackson, um, I have a signature question that I ask everyone. And this question is, um, in in life, when, when you was at your lowest, how did you manage to find strength in that moment that allowed you to be successful today? So when I asked Samuel Jackson that, he talked about how, um, you know, his drug addiction and stuff like that, and how he had to learn about he had to stop getting in his own way. And so many of us do that, that we get in our own way and block our own blessings because of the things that we do that we shouldn't be doing that's preventing us from going to that next level. So when when you care, when you genuinely care about what you do, when you genuinely care about other people, when you approach an interview, it's like you're just talking to a friend that you got love for. And that's when you're able to get the best answers and the best impact for the audience that you serve. For sure. That's a great question too. You know, it, having that iconic question where everybody knows it's like, okay, this is what I want to know for somebody because the answers they provide, especially from a celebrity, we don't see them open up in that same way. It's like, hey, okay, you're going to talk about the movie you're doing, but talk about a point where Samuel L. Jackson was not the Samuel L. Jackson we know today. That's a really interesting question. I think that provides a really important perspective for the people who are watching your interviews uh, and hearing that where it's like, hey, they went through things. You know, if you're going through something right now, that's so did Samuel Jackson. So did all these other stars. You know, that's not uh, a bad thing to be going through something. You just got to figure out what you need to do to move forward. Who had your favorite answer to that question over all the interviews you've done? Ooh, that yo, nobody never asked me that one before. That's incredible. Really? The, the, yeah, that, that's incredible, bro. The best answer to that question. I got so many answers, but Here's what I can say. I recently did an interview with my boy, Adam Boys. He's the former vice president of Sony PlayStation. And um, currently he's the CEO, well, the CEO of Iron Galaxy. And um, they did Killer Instinct and tons of games that they helped out on Fallout. Uh, like you name it, they've done uh, work, work with the big titles. And recently in the game industry, there was a lot of talk about crunch, which is a uh, game yep. development where it's like they mandate crunch. So regardless of what you got going on in your personal life, all that stuff is secondary. We got to get this game done. Like that's just, you know, the way it is and how they define crunch, right? With CD Projekt Red with the Cyberpunk 2077 release. <clears throat> so when I was talking to Adam Boys about this, uh, he talked about a time where he used to be a prick to his audience, like to, to, well, you know, the people that, that work under him and he didn't have this care like he should have. And there was, by him being that way, he ran into his own issues, uh, when he started his own company called beefy media. And he, and there was a point in time where he lost everything. Uh, um, the account that he had was, was gone. And, I think he just had his child and his wife is looking to him to be the provider and he can't at the moment. Like it was a lot that he went through, but that process helped him really become a man in that situation and understand things more and understand how to treat people better. And that was his moment 
of him being at his lowest, but what he learned about himself and what he discovered about himself allowed him to change his entire work environment to bring the best out of everyone that he comes comes into contact with now. And it's to the point where with his team, every week they have like meetings, they have conversations about what's going on in life. They have uh, barbecues at his house. Like, you know, like it's amazing how he changed his life, which changed the environment around the work, which made everybody better. That's why they're able to ship so many games and be successful at it. So that's just one out of many impactful stories that um, I, I could share with you. And that's recent because it that moment of him losing things changed him and made him realize the way he was wasn't the right way to go. And by learning that, it allowed his character to, to become currency. And I always tell people that. That's my quote. Character is your currency. And that was the moment his character became his currency. That's a great quote. I've always said that the best mark of a man is not its not their position. It's not how much money they have. It is how they treat the people around them. And it sounds mm. like he really had that moment where you realize that's what's most important in this world. Character is currency. That's a great saying. I'm going to steal that, by the way. I'm, I'm thinking about it. With credit, with credit <laughs> to you, of course. But I like that. I like that. Character is currency. And it's a great point. And it's something that... Uh, a lot of people should know, especially in this world we live in today is like, you know, your character, how you treat the people around you matters so much. And people notice that and good things will happen for you if you start treating the people around you better uh, yeah, from, no, a, from an altruistic spot, you know, yeah, and, Not and real quick and real quick. Sorry to cut you off real quick. I just no, wanted no. to throw in something with Tiffany Haddish because Tiffany Haddish, um, uh, like she like was about to cry when I asked her the same question because she talked about how she was in her geo. Uh, I guess a Geo Metro car, and she seen somebody else that was worse off than her. And she was like, don't worry about it. At least we got something to eat. And Tiffany was like, wow, like I I'm, I'm looking at my situation. Like I'm so bad. And then I see somebody that's worse off yet. They're smiling yet. They're happy. And they just thankful for what they have. So Tiffany had as well, because like she started to cry a little bit on the red, like on the red carpet, she started to tear up a little bit, just remembering that 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 regardless of what you're going through, don't never let anyone steal your joy, because your joy can be the starting point of all development for, for greatness within your character and how you impact people. So that's another person that's outside of the gaming industry that I feel could be very valuable to people that hear it. Absolutely, absolutely. I can't recommend uh, Hip Hop Gamers interviews and content. If this podcast has not convinced you to check it out, you need to check it out. There will be <laughs> links underneath this episode. So, you know, when you talk about these kind of things and these important lessons that you can learn uh, from these celebrities who we idolize in so many ways, but they really provide this really important lesson so check out his interviews below he's one of the best interviewers we have not just in the gaming world but just out there in general so be sure to check that out uh but i want to ask you a question that was one of the first ones that came to my mind when uh when your agent justin reached out to a longtime friend of the show shout out to justin jacobson ford models had to get the plug in there for him uh yeah <laughs> you know how it goes but the first question i wanted to ask you is uh what is your favorite gaming reference in a bar? And I'm sure you've been asked this question before, uh, but for me, 
it was the first one that came to my mind was K Dots. I hit the back window in search of any Nintendo DVDs, plasma screens, TVs in the trunk. Ooh, uh, got you, got you. That's Art of Peer Pressure, I believe. Good Kid, Mad City for sure. I'm pretty sure it's Art of Peer Pressure. Didn't check the the song. Pretty pretty sure. Uh, what's your all time favorite gaming reference in a bar though? Come on, man. My all-time favorite, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. When I was dead broke, man, broke, I couldn't, man, you picture, couldn't this. picture this. Come on. Come on, man. It's like when Biggie said that, I made a show um years ago called Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, where I went in the streets and started talking to people and getting their thoughts on how Super Nintendo impacted their life and then how Sega Genesis impacted their life and had them battle and argue it out and stuff like that on which one was better. Yo, that line right there, not just that line, but that song, like, to me, I think that's one of the most important songs in hip-hop. Like, you know what I'm saying? When when Biggie came out with that, it was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Like, the way it felt, the, the, the sound, the delivery and everything, that was the moment to me where hip-hop, like, truly found a whole new voice for a new era. That song set it off to me. I don't care where you come from, West Coast, East Coast. If that song is not in your top five hip-hop songs of all time, I don't think yeah. I can trust you as a person. <laughs> like, I, I just don't think we get along. Like, I'll respect yeah, you. Right. I'll respect the character. My character's currency. Uh, but, but come on. I don't on. know if I can rock with you. Like, yeah, like that, that's one of the songs. Like, you know what's so funny? Like, when it comes to hip-hop, there's so many songs, but there's a couple of songs that, like, to me, like, um, the big Biggie Smalls, like we just mentioned, but Tupac's Dear Mama yep. is another was, song that stands out like that. Uh, to me, Eminem's I was Lose thinking Yourself. Changes, too. Yeah, Ch- Lose Changes Yourself. is great, too. But yeah. Eminem's Lose Yourself, like, there's certain songs, to me, that are defining, like, they are defining of the entire culture and what it represents to be that underdog and to then to become the person that uh, reaches it to the top. So that person, those are like perseverance songs for real. You can endure anything when you have those songs in your top five. Like, so that's just my, that's just my thing. But I feel you, man. That was such a dope question, but I got to go with Biggie's Super Nintendo Sega Genesis simply because it set so much, it set so many things off for me. It's the most iconic one, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I'm man. curious, as as you talk about the songs that sort of transcend, you know, fandom, and just like you have to respect, can I throw out some names in hip-hop and you just think the first song that you think describes that person? Like, you're like, oh, okay, if, if I throw out Jay-Z, what's the first song that you think is like, Eminem's Lose Yourself, Tupac's Dear Mama, uh, Biggie's oh, Juicy? Jay-Z, okay, what's his song? I got you. Um, well, you know what's so funny? When I think of... When you say Jay-Z, oh, man, I think about, and it's so funny because it's a song that came from him instead of somebody else, but it was Moment of Clarity. Okay. Because uh, okay. there, there's, a, there's a song that Jay-Z created, and it talked about, um, you know, uh, like, it referenced a lot of the things that he'd gone through in his life, like when, when he shot his uh, uncle and stuff like that, and then went to the hospital the next day. Like, moment of clarity is like, thank God for granting me this moment of clarity, this moment of honesty, so y'all can feel my truth. I think that, when I think of Jay-Z, I think about moment of clarity simply because of all that he accomplished and how he pushed hip-hop forward, and how still to this day, people talk about Jay-Z as if, as if he's, like, got an album dropping out tomorrow. Like, his impact is forever um is infinite 
It's so it's moment untouched. Of yeah, yeah, moment of clarity, so, great one. Moment of clarity, about Jay Z. Okay, all time favorite rapper is K Dot for me. What's uh, what's the one song you think transcends everything for K Dot? Ooh, a song that transcends everything for K Dot. Ooh, that's a tough one because there's so many. But if there's one, if there's if there's one that I would say, um, I would probably go with uh, I would probably go with um, I'm trying to remember the name of the song, but uh, it came from J Cole, um. And, oh, oh man, I can't remember the name of the song, but it Forbidden was Forbidden Fruit. Uh, I, no? I don't think it's for Nah. I don't think it's Forbidden Fruit. I just don't remember the name of the song, but I know uh, when J Cole um, did the song, I'm trying to remember the bars because he performed it. I think on Saturday Night Live or something like that. It was such a strong uh, song, but that's it's it's a dang. What is the name of it? Oh man, um, cause cause that's that's when he talked about um. Oh, you, you remember the joint where he uh, he was talking about? Um, uh, a lot of people say he was talking about Kanye when he was talking about this. Uh, how um, your the people that you look up to aren't who you thought they were and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I forgot the name of the song, but it's so dope. Um, uh, home power trip. Home? No, no, Not no, no. Power. Definitely wasn't power trip. It wasn't power no, trip. No, it wasn't power trip. I, I know. I'm just like man. I love these conversations. <laughs> but I think, I think, um, but I, I forgot the name of the song. But the thing is, uh, he, I know on the video he was on a bus and stuff like that. He was talking about it. It was so dope. But the reason why that relates to K Dot is because when K Dot came out with, um, uh, we gonna be all right and um, I love myself right. and stuff like that. People wasn't feeling K Dot as much. Like they was feeling him more when he was talking about, um. Um, I got a um, room full of liquor, then we drown in it. Like, all the stuff, they loved him more then when you talk about the liquor and stuff. But when you start talking about things that's more empowering and powerful, they was like, I don't really like the woke K-Dot. I'm not really feeling that. I heard that. And the reason why that relates to what J. Cole's song was is because you idolize a lot of these people for the wrong things. And then when you start mm-hmm. doing the right thing, you, you you start to see the truth in them. And now you don't want to... I support them anymore it is such it is such a true fact but it's sad in reality because it's kind of like when you do good i can't love you anymore because if i want you to do good but if you do better than me i can't rock with you instead of supporting you more and learning from what you've done and i think that's yeah. a big problem not just in hip-hop but in life period so that was a great question but yeah man like th- that j cole song it hits hard when I think about Cape Dot and the way Cape Dot was treated when he started to elevate the game. Yeah, it, it's Swimming Pools is probably the most misunderstood song of of all time. I can't tell you how many times I got drunk off my ass listening to a song that is about alcoholism, like yeah. completely, and just about how like the dangers of alcoholism and everybody in college is like, sit down, drink, stand up, yeah. drink, and it's yeah. like, yeah, and, and you're not, and, and they're thinking that. He's saying to do it, but no, I'm not saying no. to do it. I'm just showing you that's how we are, and that's what you shouldn't do because this is what it leads to. Oh man, so yo, yo, bro, hip hop is life, that's, bro. Tell me, hip hop, hip hop is life, man. It is it? It's my favorite form of music by a wide, wide margin, and just the way that some of the artists, especially like Kendrick, can blend the things that get hype and get played with this really important message underneath them i think is just so remarkable it takes such smart artists to create the the rap that we are so fortunate to be able to listen to you know absolutely absolutely man 
So yeah, I love it, man. But K Dot, J Cole, they should definitely get this album done together. Oh my god, they, dude! They, they playing with my emotions. You I've been waiting for this so, thing for eight yeah. years now. I feel like how yeah, starting to get, starting to get like a detox situation, man. We don't need that. No, no, yeah. I want it. I want it so bad. K Dot needs to yeah. release anything at this point. <laughs> I'd be I'd be stoked. But yeah, let's. Uh, so I want to be conscious of your time here. We got about five minutes left on this recording, uh, and I want to talk a little bit about esports. We've seen a big push of the hip-hop world into the esports landscape. You see uh, artists like Sway Lee, who invested in FaZe Clan, then invested in Xset just a little while ago. You see people like Travis Scott doing Fortnite concerts to, that are viewed by millions upon millions of people. How do you see gaming content evolving over the next uh, few years, especially as it comes to its ties to hip-hop and rap? Oh, wow. Amazing question again. So just to give you some history before I give you the answer. Um, so back in the PS3 days, right, uh, they had PlayStation Home. And um, uh, I believe I was the first journalist ever, or at least the first black journalist to be in the actual PlayStation system, like in every single PlayStation system uh, via PlayStation Home. They had my belt. They had my character and people could dress up as me, walk around with the belt and the hip hop gamer shirt and, and all of that stuff. Right. And we used to have rap battles inside PlayStation home. You go to your apartment, you go to the city, all these other things. So I said that to say a lot of the stuff that people are seeing and witnessing now, it's like for me, I already knew that was going to happen. Because it's already been done, just at a little at a lower scale, but I already knew it knew it was coming. So to see what we see today and how Travis Scott's the Travis Scott's of the world and everybody Marshmello taking advantage of it, I think it's amazing. I think it's brilliant, and this is what they're supposed to be doing. The only thing that bothers me is that there's certain people, like certain companies, that don't really care nothing about the culture, but they start to see more and more what they could get out of it. So now they want to get involved and make it seem like they care. Like, you know, so that's the only thing that bothers me. I don't want to see the game industry turn into the hip hop industry. You know what I mean? It, that's what Damon Dash always talked about with culture vultures. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want to see that happen. I want everything to remain authentic as we grow and do amazing things. Now, going forward into the future, we're in 2020. So like in, around 2024 or maybe even sooner because of how fast technology is building, one of the next big things that I'm that I'm going to see that I think should happen or will happen is in the music industry, right? Um, I really believe that music will start to become power-ups in games. So, like, let's say you're playing a game or whatever, oh. and when you uh, unlock a song, it gives you a power-up. So think about this, right? Imagine you playing Demon's Souls, and you know how tough that game is, right? Yeah. But because of how dramatic that game is, um, let's say you unlock a song and this song fits in the moment of this boss battle. If you got that song, it'll give you a boost in health. You know what I mean? If that song plays during this boss battle, you get a boost in your armor or something like that. You know what I mean? But you got to do something to unlock that song first. So now what you want to do is you want to make things in real life matter for the betterment of your game experience. And that's how you're going to start seeing things happen. Like if you look at Roblox, right? A lot of the kids love Gucci. They love dressing up wearing Gucci inside Roblox. Now, what if you wearing Gucci 
gave you a million plus points. Or let's say in the in the world of NBA 2K, VC is everything. So let's say um, K Dot's new album. If you purchase the album in in let, let's say you purchase the album in game or whatever it is that joint when you get the album you get like a million VC for your character. You know what I'm saying? Like things like that where stuff in real life affects your gaming experience. I think you're going to see a lot more of that. And I think that's going to be groundbreaking because it's going to help grow the other industries that's not as strong as they were because of technology. I think that's, that's one such major a great thing. Point. Yeah, because yeah, you, you push album sales that way. You, people are exactly. all doing streaming. It's like, oh, okay, I want this power up. Well, I got to buy Dot's album here you know i can't just stream it on spotify i have to buy this if i want this power up yeah imagine people yeah imagine playing boulder's gate or, or or you're playing um you know the new final fantasy or or the next call of duty or whatever it is and you get like the full skin of you know like whatever you want or you get like the whole starting five of the dream team or you get your pink diamond, um, you know, card in 2K, whatever it is. But you get all of these things when you purchase the album. You know what I'm saying? Like that right there is crazy because what you're doing is the purchase of the album would be cheaper than what you would spend straight up for the other stuff. You understand what I'm saying? And yeah, yeah. so you're getting a value and that value actually helps you in your game too. So it means more. And whether you like the song or you don't like the song, it don't matter. This song gives me access to something that I really want. So now you're going to allow people that may not be fans to potentially become fans and discover the music or discover the artist through the through the entertainment um, platform of video games. So that's just one out of many things that um, I know for a fact is going to eventually become the norm. It's just figuring out who's going to be the person to do it the right way to give birth to the formula on what the industry will follow. Absolutely, dude. That's a super smart idea. Somebody should hire you to, to make you do that for their company because that is uh, that makes so much sense. We've already seen the demand for skins of artists like the Travis Scott skin in Fortnite. We've already proven that people will happily buy products to get in-game skins. Like this, they, they sold phones, Samsung Galaxy phones that offered a Fortnite skin. And people bought an entirely new phone just yeah. to get a skin in a game like they will yeah. happily buy an album uh to get access to that in-game currency or get access to something that other people don't have so shit man that's a great idea uh i think that's a great note to end the show on as well you know uh, we got 30 minutes that's the goal here and i could talk to you for another hour but i want i know, I know you got some <laughs> other things to do uh, i can always i keep chopping it up with you all day as they like to say on Jesus and Miro. uh but gotta let you run i want to give you one chance to plug everything you got going on you know where can people follow you where can people check you out uh what do you want people looking out for in the future okay so the one thing i want everybody to check out and look out for in the future well i'm actually doing now technically is my gaming and guidance program so the gaming and guidance program is designed to impact not just kids but people in general um the goal is to create guidance by using the gaming platform to make people realize that we can have great relationships, change the communities, get more money 
inside these communities so that a lot of kids and a lot of people in general can have a better starting point in terms of getting into the game industry in whichever way they want to get into it, but also building better relationships with people so we can push forward instead of going backwards with all the negativity and hate. So gaming and guidance is a major, major thing. Please check that out. Um, you can go to craftkeepersinc.com. And when you go to craftkeepersinc.com, uh, you'll you'll see in a drop down menu, you can go to gaming and guidance and see what we're all about. But that's very important to me. Um, I really want to get that out there. And in terms of following me and seeing, you know, keeping up with me, just Google me, Hip Hop Gamer. I'm on every platform you can think of. Just follow me and um, let's get it popping. Uh, on that note, man, yo, bro, Mitch, I don't even know what else to say, bro. Like, and your name is Mitch, so we paid in full as we close out the show. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Word up, bro. But I appreciate you, man. It's an honor to be on the show. We could de- we definitely got to do a part two because that half an hour went kind of fast. And, like, we were just talking. Like, it, you know, you, like I told you before how I do my interviews. It's, it's like you're talking to fam, you know? Uh, dude, I knew from minute one this was going to be one of my favorite <laughs> shows I've ever done. The second you hit the mic, I was like, oh, oh, this is going to be sick. This is going to be great. So we're definitely doing part two. Uh, it's just a matter of when. But I was stoked to have you on the show, man. I could, like I said, talk to you all day long. You know, the second we get something else a few months down the road, you're coming right back on here, man. I'm not going to let you get too far away. I promise you that. Dope. I uh, appreciate that, man. And yo, I want to throw something else out there real quick because of the whole part two uh, interview thing. I'm going to tell you something right now. This is a dope idea. I've never seen a podcast do this, but I got this from a movie. So I'm not sure if you've ever seen that movie, Joe Dirt. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I, okay. So um, in the movie, Joe Dirt, right? The, the dude, the podcaster, the radio host, um, something was going on where a lot of the guests that he was supposed to have, they had backed out. So they brought Joe Dirt on to learn about his story. And the story was so interesting and the audience loved it so much that they just said, yo, come back tomorrow. Just, just keep coming back and we'll build a series around you on the actual show and all these discussions. So I'm just saying that I'm not sure how you go about things, but this could be something where we create a special series where it's Mitch and hip hop. And there's a special series on, on your show where all things that deal with games, hip hop, and just entertainment overall, we could take care of that together. You know, I think that could be something dope. dope. I'm just throwing it out there because I get excited. I'm ready. Yeah. I think I'm ready, dude. We're doing a lot of great things at Esports Network right now. You know, I'm doing three podcasts for us. We also got the Gamer Hour, which just started filming Reuters Studios in Times Square with Chris Bucket, uh, interviewing primarily athletes, but other uh, celebrities as well. So definitely something, you know, we're trying to be in this uh, realm of where modern culture meets gaming. It's a realm that you know really well through your time. And I'd love to to work with you, to talk with you as many times as I can, my man, because this was a whole lot of fun. Thank you so much, bro. On that note, we out of here. God bless, man. I appreciate you.